0: Thanks for joining us today. You are listening to one of our partner shows. It is the Tour Coach Podcast with Tony Ruggiero. He has some phenomenal guests on, talking about teaching tour pros. He'll have his players on. It's always a great show. Today was another great episode. I want to share that with you here on the Golf Science Lab Podcast. Let's get into it.
1: So sitting in with me here on the Tour Coach, one of the great teachers out there, you see him all over, his list of students is, uh, I mean, he's got a stable of students from Kisner to Fowler, Seth Straka, great young player, such a good dude too, list goes on and on, my good friend John Tillery. Tillery, what's up, JT? Hey, Tony, how you doing? Doing good, man. I've been wanting to have you on this, and you know, like I said before, we're hoping to do this over a few beers, but uh, uh, this will have to do because our schedules are tough to coordinate, but I Talk with you a little bit about coaching out there on tour and, you know, a little bit your philosophy about how you develop players and, and, you know, the things you look for in taking a young player and making them better. You know, where do you start? I, I always find it interesting. One of the questions I get a lot about this podcast is, like, where do you start when a player comes to you, you know?
0: You know, I mean, obviously at the tour player level, like, you know, we have a lot of access to stats and all these kind of things, right? So it's pretty easy to sort of track down where a guy's kind of hurting or losing shots or what their trends or patterns have kind of been. And um, I probably, before I you know, say much to anybody, I'll kind of get a snapshot of that in my mind and then kind of back back my way into, from there back down to kind of their motion. And then, you know, a lot of it, as you know, right, these guys are, are all wired a little different. So you got to be a little bit of a chameleon if you're going to help more than one of them. And you try to just kind of see their patterns and kind of see how they're wired, see where where they're at and what they know or what they think or their beliefs in the golf swing or whatever it may be. So there's there's a pretty decent – got to be a little bit of a data gathering sort of period there, right, to kind of know who's in front of yeah. you and what their goals are. You know, I've always found it – I've always found it – I won't say easy. It's hard work, right, but I've I've always felt like there's – you know, if somebody has some – Open gaps or some things that you can jump right on and help them. I feel like to get some of the guys from kind of the bottom end, if you want to call it that, like say on tour, to to start right. gaining and running up the list a little bit is fairly doable. You know, if you have all the pieces in place. It obviously gets trickier as the guys get better and better. And I think it's I think it gets trickier as you run into guys that have had more and more success, right? When you kind of get a blank slate somebody that's sort of an open book and all in, I feel like that's a pretty good foot to get off of and get going on. And it gets a little trickier when you've got a guy that's kind of,
1: you know, trying to get back to somewhere they may have been before, for example. So agree. Uh, Cause I think some of the, you know, to me, some of the most fun are the young guys that maybe aren't on tour, but you know, have tons of talent and maybe they've had some instruction, but they haven't really been part of a whole thing. And, and like, right. and they just totally buy in, you know, mm-hmm. and, so and that they like, sure. you know, you, you know, like where they'll go to the, you know, where they'll work with the, the people that you, you know, you trust and have around you and they buy all in. And then I think the ones that are more challenging are like you said, the ones that been out there longer and they had a bunch of, you know, they've gotten a lot of information and they got a lot of opinions and stuff. Like to me, that's where it's a little more challenging because you kind of got to, sometimes you got to dance around some of those things a little bit, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, de- <laughs> it's definitely
0: tricky. I mean, I think, you know, to some extent that works its way all the way down to even say like to the club golfer, you know, it's, yeah. it's like, how many lessons have you given where you're just halfway through it and you're like, man, do you, you know, are you going to talk away the last 30 minutes here or like once you give me a try here, you know,
1: <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> <laughs> it gets, it gets hard, you know, it's like, there's a, it's like it's a two-way street, right? For guys to get better, you need to have a you need to have a good coach, and you have somebody that knows your stuff in front of you. And but then you, but then you got to be a good learner too, right? And you know when you when you find the right kind of combo right there,
1: it's it's like you said, it's a lot of fun. Don't you think too? Like I, I think that, I mean, I, you know, I always say like I think most of the guys doing what you do, I do like, I mean, I think we're all pretty good teachers. I don't think there's anybody, you know, but like I think a lot of the success is finding the right match. Like the person that you click with that communicates with you, right? And also yeah. is good at figuring all that out because, like, you know, you know, I mean, there's guys out there that would be horrible matches for me but would be great with somebody else or whatever, you know? Like I think, right. that's a, I think that can be equally as important in
0: some ways. Yeah, I agree. You know, when you get people who are kind of when, sort of wired the same or sort of speak the same language, or a lot of times you just have your – if your goals are kind of aligned, right? if you want to spend a ton of time with somebody and go try to conquer the world and then, you know, you need, somebody needs to kind of be wired that way a little bit also. And there's no doubt, you know, you get a lot of, it's one thing, you know, people look at whoever it is that somebody's working with. And like you said, you're going to run into a lot of similar kind of X's and O's and then, uh, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot more to it, right. Of, if somebody's, you know, you're working with somebody and they are hitting some certain shot and it's, blatantly obviously because of this or that it's like well that's you know that's just the starting point right it's like every a lot of people know that but it's like now how are you going to go about getting it done or convincing them to get it done and sometimes it's, they speak a whole different language than you do you almost have to you got options either brain kind of brainwash them into your style or you <laughs> got to learn to speak you know a different language the the one that they do you know yeah these guys are definitely all wired a lot different it's half the art is trying to figure out how to how to get done what you want to get done and and without
1: it having to be your way or having to be your idea. Yeah, I, one of my favorites is like you tell a play, you see a player and you it's like obvious like you said what they're doing. And then you start for two minutes into what you think and they go, Oh, I've already tried that, it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well so now what we got you know, yeah. you, know like, <laughs> you know, you could have helped me and told me that before we started <laughs> you know yeah. but uh Which, I think the whole thing is just
0: like, learning or changing you know, changing is just so hard in general, right? But like the whole. To me, the only way that ever worked is to create. You have to have an environment to where they're able to lay down reps. A lot of times, away from a golf ball, right? Where you take away the the kind of fight or flight, kind of what they're going to do, and you start training those patterns, moving it into a way that you want it. And I mean, that's that's half the battle, right? Is because half the thing that makes these guys good is hitting good shots. Well, you know, range ball matters to them, so. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like you said when it's, I've tried that or that feel, that doesn't feel right or
1: whatever it may be, you know. How do you deal with like the schedule now? Like and so like say you pick up a guy. I've had this recently. You you start helping a guy. You know you get asked to help and you know I mean like you're in the middle of the season, you know, right. and like it's hard. I think that's the most challenge. Like they don't have a lot of time off, so then you know you you help them for a few hours or whatever. But like and it's hard to get stuff to get a lot of change done then when they're gonna like in two days they're gonna go tee it up and it counts, you know? Oh, hundred percent, right. I mean that, to me that's the biggest that's the biggest challenge. And, you know, ever
0: since the fall finish started counting towards next year, that kinda flip you know, flipped a lot of our worlds it did mine. I know flipped mine right. kinda upside down on how I would like for things to go because, you know, used to if you had a guy yeah, had a pretty solid year, you know, they'd hardly play any of that fall finish. And so I mean you go from September, or October and, you know, I'd go to them, they'd come, they'd come to Cusco Willock, okay, you know, we'd work here, mm-hmm. what well, felt like almost every week for like three or four months, and then, you know, three months, maybe, and then send them to the West Coast, and then I'd see them at Honda, right? Um, <laughs> and now it's like you have a couple weeks off, and like you said, every time you, every time you walk up there to help somebody, they're 36 or 48 hours from teeing off the first hole in the tournament, so like, they, they don't want to get far away from comfortable, so... So when you really have somebody that you really do need to kind of fundamentally change, little something it gets really difficult. You know, the rest of the rest of the time, once you once Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday mornings hit, you know, you're doing your best to kind of have them sort of calibrated up and and dialed in best you can for that week and maybe what that course is or kind of what they've been struggling with those kind of things. But but yeah, it's it's definitely difficult to get them away from. You know, I, I always joke that you know you. You travel and you go, and we go to all these twenty-five events a year, or whatever about that I go to, and you know it's you have to, right? Because just the way the schedule is, and guys are everywhere, and seeing them in a see in a circus is better than not seeing them at all. And um, right, <laughs> but there's no doubt. I always joke about that, you know. Me with one of my guys here, just us, uh, like a full day here is about the equivalent of four or five tournaments.
1: Hundred percent, don't you think?
0: Yeah, I do for sure. I mean, it gets really hard if you. You know, in my opinion, you have to kind of have a plan laid out that you put together at home. Everybody's bought in, everybody's on the same page, and then everybody do their best on the road to kind of run that plan you know so yeah obviously if you get the if you get the training, you get the drills and stuff laid out that you want them to do, and everybody's kind of accountable and on the same page with that, that helps obviously to having the trainers on board with it and to me is critical. It's just you know otherwise, like you said, there's they're coming from one week to the next and, you know, they start running <laughs> to start kind of running towards their tendencies or running away. And then yeah. if you get playing bad and they're wanting to get more and more, stay closer and closer to the chest, you know, so it gets tricky.
1: Let me ask you this question. And I know this isn't realistic because the tour isn't going to listen to anything we said or whatever a player (laughs) is, but like, what would be the, like, what do you think really would be the best way for like a competitive player to work? Like, I don't think it's to have us out there like 20 something weeks a year. Right. Like, I think like, you know, to me, sometimes I wonder if, like, if I know we have to go out there, like, it's just part of, it's evolved to what the business side of it is. Right. Right. Like to me for a player, I don't know that, like, for them actually choir it, taking it to the golf course, kind of being out there every week or two weeks is the best.
0: Yeah, like you said, it's kind of a necessary evil. I mean, you know, in a perfect world, you'd have an environment where they, you know, they kind of had to own it a little more, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, it's tough having, you know, having to travel a bunch just to get the time with the guys. You know, I personally think that if, you know, you could go to probably half as many as you go and spend twice as many days with them at home as the average kind of relationship sort of looks like would be
1: way more productive. If you figure out a way to get that done, would you let me know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, and, you know, and I mean, and I know, like, if it were me, I would spend full days with – I'd spend, you know, I'd try my best to spend a day or two in my off weeks. I know it's hard when you're not home that much, but – and then also even the weeks that I was going, you know, like, I would – I think I'd be better off with a lot of my guys sometimes if – we wouldn't spend a full Monday at home, you know, before they left. Mm-hmm. Right. A lot of times, you know, it's, a, it's an event they've played for the eighth or ninth year in a row, whatever it may be, and you're out there on a the Monday afternoon or play all 18 on Monday and then nine, and they have pro am. It's kind of like, man, we'd have been, we've gotten so much more done if just me and you had hung out all day at my place all day Monday, and then you go up right. there and play nine, nine, and crack it.
1: Yeah, I love that. I think that, like, some of the best success I've had with players has been with, like, uh, you know, a couple of times going down before Honda the Sunday before and doing a bunch of work at a home course. It's not out at the golf course. Yeah. You know? Cause you know, like it's, it's just the,
0: it's a circus, right? I mean, there's, it's the only professional sport in the world where there's, you know, that many people have access to your office, so to speak. So players are talking to players, caddies, you know, mm-hmm. media, you know, they got the press, got the reps, got the, you name it. Right. And, um, yeah, the driving range out there is a, it's a it's a fine place to kind of you know have your baselines kind of laid down. Keep reiterating sort of what it is you're working on, you know whether it's using TrackMan these kind of things, to sort of tighten them up and do wedge combines, all that kind of stuff. But as far as as far as getting them to kind of push the limits, to kind of really working them, it's a uh, man, it's a tricky place
1: to try to work. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. Ask you this question. Cause I think I've crossed the line a couple of times but like, what is there? Do you have like a limit of like how many guys you can work with? Or you think, or like, what's the right amount? I think sometimes like, I, I, you know, and I know getting a bunch of them is good and it, you know, it's good for business and it's good, but like I've had times where I think I had too many for like my styles to like to spend a bunch of time with them and all that, where you feel like you're run, you know, then you feel like yeah. at the end, you feel like I hadn't really done anything or this guy kind of got left out for two weeks. You know, right. where you're like, how do you manage that? Cause I think that's I, I think that's pretty challenging.
0: No, it is. It definitely is. I have five guys, and I can't imagine adding another one. Right. And I don't, you know, and I won't, as things are right now. You know, I love the squad that I got. And luckily, all my guys get along. So they play a ton of mm-hmm. practice rounds and stuff together, which makes it easy until they get done, right? And then they all go hit <laughs> at the same time. But it's, yeah. it's easier. <laughs> But it's easier, uh, you know, that everybody, and you know, and I got a bunch of good guys too. So everybody kind of gets to this. Yeah. Um, somebody's maybe struggling or wants more time with me. That everybody else kind of understands. And, and, you know, and I think that's why you end up having to go to a lot, right? Cause the right. time when you really, like you said, when you really look back at it, it's like the two or three days of travel and then you put it into, well, it was, you know, nine holes with this guy in an hour session. Right. Mm-hmm. And it just took two or three days to do it. I mean, you know that's the hard math problem on it right and probably why we have to be on the road is much as you because it's like i said it's better than not seeing them you know so for a sure. lot of it for me is at least when i'm there and i can take videos and stuff and talk to them and then when i get home i can send them stuff and i can send them stuff to watch for same thing with the caddy i can send them you know talk to their trainers i can send videos Hey, you need to do this and the, make sure when you're doing this that blah 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 those kind of things and so at least when you're out there, you can get video from the course and stuff, and kind of keep keep them between the lines and keep sort of laying the plan right. down. But but yeah, the five I got so, plus the two boys I got at home and trying to teach a decent That's bit when I'm at home. It's a uh, it's a sleep when you're dead kind of situation already. So I couldn't imagine having more.
1: <laughs> I I understand that. Let's talk about where you. How did you get your start teaching? Take me back to the beginning. I, I know everybody knows about you from you know your tour stuff and. All the great players you have and all the success you had, and you know and you're a humble guy like you don't go out there talking about you don't post something every day telling everybody how great you are, so where did you get your start teaching like what got you into teaching and take me along that path a little bit? yeah, so so I was always you know I never set
0: out to teach i mean i wanted to I wanted to play, I wanted to be a good player and and um, but I was always kind of looking back on it, I was always kind of a junkie for it, you know everybody I was the guy high school and on the college team that everybody made fun of for standing out there video <laughs> on the swing every day instead of going and playing. And, and, you know, and I worked with, I mean, I remember having the old Channel 2. I remember my mom in the front yard videoing me with the big Channel 2 news camera thing and take the VHS upstairs when I'm in the seventh grade or whatever and put it in the put it in there and draw lines and dry race on the big old tube TVs, you know. So I didn't know it at the time, but I pro- my destiny was probably set. It just wasn't what I had in mind at the time, but I was always into it. And I mean, I just worked with it. I just worked with everybody in the world, and then you know that I could get in front of trying to get better, and obviously I hear a lot of different stuff, right? And um, and I kind of just got in the weeds in it, and before long, I was kind of almost probably got more obsessed with that than even playing. And uh, so I ran around and missed every cut there was on many tours for uh, two years by about a shot, and uh, I could shoot one. <laughs> One worse than the cut, whether it was four over or five under, I could do it, and um, <laughs> and then ended <laughs> up taking a little job at a little little good old boy country club down the road here, and was there for three or four years, and got to teaching a good bit there, and then I guess a hundred years ago, it feels like now, Blake Adams was one of the first guys that ever kind of took me on the road with him. Right. Um, went to a handful of tournaments with him, and then Brownie, actually Scott Brown, I played against him in college. Started working with him and then a few months later, I guess he didn't have any status. He got into Puerto Rico a few months later and he won there and then got his card and then just kind of snowballed right from there. Kiz was obviously yeah. lives in Aiken. So there I'm down there working the Brownie lot and Kiz was struggling and started working with him and then that was probably kinda of where it really took off like a year or so later. Kiz had that two thousand fifteen, kinda of had that huge year out what seemingly to everybody else in the world is kinda of out of nowhere, right?
1: That's good though. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and then uh, you know, and then just kind of went from there. You know, it's a it's a small world out there, right? So yeah, it's one of those fool me once kind of things is one thing, but it's, I think once uh you know once people see a couple guys start beating on them that hadn't beat on them before, they kind of want to figure out what's going on. You know,
1: <laughs> I think it's it's I think most a lot of guys you know mine was kind of the same. I taught Bobby Wyatt coming up and
0: mm-hmm. Bobby Shelton.
1: and then Smiley Kaufman had that. You know, I taught him into college, and I know you have spent some time with yeah. Smiley, but like you know, all of a sudden he goes out there and wins, and then everybody, you know, it's, it just seems like that's kind of the way it happens, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and, like, I don't see many guys just walking up and down the tee at a tour event with a bunch of people that, like, didn't have somebody that, you know, that they that wasn't that good that got really good. No, there's no
0: doubt. And, I mean, you know, we get a lot of praise for when you're playing good, but it's, you know, everybody that's, you know, like this week in, in Dallas, you know, half the people out there are gonna have somebody standing behind them. And almost every one of those people had multiple people that poured into them over the last twenty something years. Right. You know, and a lot of times a lot of times that kinda of gets handed off, you know. So yeah, it's uh it takes I always say it's true, it's like it it takes a village and um a lot of times people sort of see the, the finished product a lot and um by the time they get out there they're obviously pretty weathered and as built At least a pattern and a game and skills necessary to stand on one of those ranges. You' there's been a lot put into that thing before. A lot of you know guys like us, if you
1: ever see them, right? And I think too, people see like they see you with a bunch of guys playing good or whatever, like, and they think that you don't have, you know, that they only see the good, right? Like, but like, man, there's times that everybody plays bad. There's times you get fired that you feel like you did a good job and you know, it frustrates you and it hurts your feelings and because you spend a bunch of time. Like, it's not always like, hell, I mean, I've been fired so many times this year. I mean, hell, I'm about in the unemployment line, right? But like everybody, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? like, oh, yeah. and, and like, and, and, and the thing I was going to ask you is sometimes like when I you go through those stretches, I actually feel like I've gotten better teaching.
0: Yeah, there's you know? no doubt. Right? It's weird. No doubt. It's fun when it goes smooth and easy. And, but you know, a lot of times the the work or the ones that took way longer to get better, the ones that almost didn't even work out. You know, you learn a lot from that of if you had it over, right, you know, this player, say this point in their career with these tendencies and they're wired this way and blah, 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 blah. You know, it's like if you have it over, would you either say, you know, it's not going to work or, or if you could do it again, what would you have done different and the next time you have somebody in that same thing, you kind of come in there and guns loaded, you know, but yeah, it's, it's not all, not all roses, that's for sure. You know, there, It's all the work behind the scenes, right? It's like, take somebody like Kiz, it's like the, you know, there was a year and a half of, and we still go back and forth, you know? But, I mean, we're right. like like brothers with each other now, but like, you know, I mean, we had, I mean, there was lots of hard work and lots of grinding, and a lot of cussing and throwing clubs and you name it, and before anybody ever, you know, sees them up there winning a golf tournament. And honestly, like that's the kind of environment you need, you know, it's like, I've always felt like, you know, it's on my end, it's like kids told me in 2013, that if, he, you know, if I would give him the right information, he'd be the best student I ever had. And if he didn't get better, he'd fire me. And I was like, well, <laughs> if we're going to be together a long time, if that's true, because, you know, I've always felt that it's not the it's not me knowing what to do or how to make these guys better. It's just one way or the other, whether it's my fault, their fault, some kind of combo, whatever, can we get it done or not? And I love being held accountable to being able to write the plan and write the training. You know, so like if it goes that way, that 10 out of 10 are going to get better. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot harder to get for that to go like you want it to than, than it sounds on paper.
1: Right, right. And I'm a big plan guy like with players. I think that's like the most important thing is to sit there and lay down big picture, like, where you're going and what you both have to do together. I think that's so critical, and I think that that's, you know, I think that's, I mean, obviously important with tour players, but I think it's really important with, like, good junior players going to college, mm-hmm. right, where they know where you're going long term, and it's not something different every time.
0: Yeah, no doubt. So when you catch them young, right? Right. They almost don't quite understand the importance of – of kind of building building a swing that more or less is kind of blueprinted and done by the time they're – before they get hair under their arms that they can kind of have for the rest of their life, you know, and you're obviously going to be kind of tweaking it here and there and always trying to make it more and more efficient. But um, you see it all the time, right, when kids, there's some kid that's beating on everybody in the local junior stuff, and then, you know, we've just seen it so many times that you're just like, man, I hope that deal holds up for him because I don't like it, you know.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, so
0: you know, a lot of times people hunt success so early in the junior world, and I think mean, those are the two sides that are hard. is to me, is the you know you take a ten-year-old and him, and his parents won't think that every tournament, every weekend's you know the, the end of the world. Well, it gets hard to you, know, you can't get them away from it to see the big picture, mm-hmm. and uh, and sometimes I think you know it's easy to run in that even even with tour players too, right? It's so competitive and. It's hard for those guys because it's individual game. You know, I think it's difficult for them sometimes just to get their hands off the steering wheel. And um, you know, they obviously love you and they hired you because they believe in you. But it's hard for them to totally let off the reins and let you kind of drive. And you know, the more that I feel like more, the more times that that happens is when I feel like guys get better. It's just, it gets tough, right? Oh, it's tough. It's tough, it's tough to get them to do absolutely. it, especially like I said, especially down there a long time, and you know. I always joke about it. There's a there's a only so many bottles of water that somebody else can open for you before you get hard to teach.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that's a great analogy too because I think they've got to be open, you know, and, they, and I think that's a big part. I mean, we have to do our job, but like, and I think that's good for like juniors and college players too, and like, you know you talked about the student that's talked to you for 30 minutes before you even get to do anything, you know, like you get this a lot with these parents nowadays with college players. They want to tell you everything the kid needs to do and what they should be doing before you've watched the kid first ball. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And there's no doubt
0: that I think that's probably changed a lot too with, you know, the availability of good teachers and technology and YouTube and whatever it's, you know, there's a, there's a lot more experts running around these days, and uh, yeah. obviously everybody wants the best for the kids. but I think sometimes it's just hard to—it's hard to kind of let go a little bit and just say, "Hey, right, you know," if, especially if if the dad you know hadn't played in tournament golf or whatever. I think you know it's so hard to kind of convince them that, "Hey, I know you care, you love your kid, but like if you can kind of let off the reins here, get get them in front of somebody that cares about them and that's a competent coach." And then just hold them accountable to what the coach wants them do and to do and support them and see what happens.
1: Right. Yeah. you, know, you got to be accountable. And I think that's – I see it all the time. You know, you have a kid that's good player, good college player, and, you know, whatever. But you can only take them – you know, good friend of mine, Colby, too. Yeah, I know you know Colby out there. Yep. Like, he works with a – he comes and does a bunch of my junior stuff. But you can only take a college player to him 10, 12 times and then he shows up, and you can tell he hasn't done any of the stuff to get stronger or better before, like, I mean, it's not my fault if you're not getting better, right? But at, at yeah. a certain point, the player has to be accountable to do it.
0: There's no doubt. And, I mean, it's and I, that's why I was saying it. it kind of has to go both
1: ways, right? It's like need right. The,
0: we have to be accountable. If a guy totally buys in and doesn't get better, it's like, well, then he should fire you.
1: Correct,
0: 100%. Um, yeah, but then if, you know, and I'm totally fine with that, I have a hard time, you know, living with some the other results, you know and it may be a control issue of mine, but, but I don't do good as a
1: consultant. No, I agree. <laughs> I understand that. Every time I've tried to be a consultant, like I end up either being in control or getting fired. Like, right. <laughs> Cause like it just, it doesn't work. You know, you're like, you go into like, Oh, I just want to consult. But then you're like, well, I mean, what the hell are we doing here? Yeah, you know? I think it goes um, back
0: to, like you said, you know, the relationship and how people communicate, right? I mean, how many, How many great players had one coach for so long or had, you know, eventually ended up with one coach that they kind of ran the rest of their career out with, Mm -hmm. you know, it makes everybody kind of be in full exposure and vulnerable to talk with each other and not hold anything back. And I'm not saying it has to be mean or Mm -hmm. unprofessional and disrespectful, but it's, you know, it's a hard, like it's hard to get better. These guys are really good and then change Mm -hmm. is tough. So, everything's got to be on the table. You know, it's got to be, you have to do it exactly like this or it's not going to work. And then I need to know everything you think about it as we go. And, um, right. you know, when, when when you have that relationship where, you know, each side cares about the other and they're all on the same page and, you know, player it and trying to, you know, worrying about hurting his coach's
1: feelings and coach it and trying to not get fired, a lot better that way. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, you can't – I guess one <laughs> of the things I've learned is you can't operate – being afraid to get fired I
0: know mean, it's the fastest way know. too
1: right right yeah but uh you know and then the other thing just to kind of wrap it up like you were talking about too like I you were talking about players that have you know where they've had long-term success staying either finishing a career or staying with the you know one coach the whole career like you know I think one of the biggest things with all the information out there is that everybody feels like you know they can bounce like I you know they bounce around and get tons of ideas and you know, because there's so much info out there, but they don't buy in and commit to somebody wholeheartedly. And and I, you just don't see that many real success stories now <clears throat> to me, I'm sure there's somebody I'm forgetting and somebody will bust my ass for, but, like, you don't see that many people that, like, where they just keep bouncing to five or six people in two years and then all of a sudden they're top players in the world. It just doesn't happen right. like that. No, I think
0: it's just so hard, Greg, because it's like, honestly, even if, It's repetition and ownership, right? So it's like really and truly, even if somebody was getting, say that somebody was, you know, hearing something from their coach that maybe almost didn't agree with or might have, would have said it a different way. The reality of it is if they, you know, they buy into it and the plan never changes, you know, they get better and better and better at it. So the Mm -hmm. the one that's impossible to lay down is the the plan that's always changing, you know, and I think that's what makes getting better so difficult is it's hard to do the same right things every single day and not be narrow focused enough to think that a bad week, two weeks in a row means that the stuff's wrong or that a good
1: week means that I don't have to keep doing it. Right. Oh, that's beautiful. That's awesome. JT, this was awesome stuff. I know you're crazy busy, especially when you're home getting ready to head to Dallas, but uh, I appreciate you taking the time and you've always been great to me. I've shared some videos with you before. I think that's another thing people don't understand is like, dude, like every. Good coaches share videos with other people. They ask for help. It doesn't mean you know. Like you think you know everything all by yourself. People are shocked when I tell them that people do that stuff. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot smaller world you know? out there than people know. Right? We're all just trying to not get fired. You know, <laughs> and, and do okay. yeah, it'd be a certain it's kind bad. of crazy you to do, do it, what right? we do.
0: So there's there's not a ton of them that uh do it for long. So yeah, it's a small world, and you don't have a there's not a lot of uh not a lot of rivals and that kind of thing going on. Right? And everybody's. It's a good sport. It's a good space to be in. A lot of good folks out there, and it's a tighter unit than probably the
1: average fan knows. Yeah, because I think everybody genuinely is happy for the other guys that have been out there for a while, like, you know, because cause I think everybody knows how – I mean, I don't think people realize how, like – I mean, it, you can have stretches where it's pretty bad, right, and you, and you feel like you, you suck. And, you know what I'm saying? Like, if people don't realize yeah. – I mean, you know – shoot like when Seth won with you. I mean the first person I thought of the text was you, right? Like you know right. you don't people don't realize all the, the stuff that goes into it. So you know how hard it is when somebody when somebody wins and has success. Yeah, it's hard. And you know and you're always happy for whoever it
0: was, right? If you, you spend right. any time with them and you know, you ultimately want them to play well and Yeah, and it's a tough there's it's not much better than when it goes when it goes well, but it takes a lot of a lot of time, sweat, and some sleepless nights a little bit to get the job done sometimes. But um, I think eventually, you know, do what I do. It's just you get to where you just don't don't know any different, right? You just kind of on autopilot every day. Jump up and try to figure out how to make your guys and your kids get better. Go pay Mm -hmm. your dues and go home and hope you did good and pray for everybody and go to bed and get up and do it again.
1: Yeah, that's it. That sounds like our next couple months, doesn't it? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I appreciate you sitting in. I look forward to it. I'm sure I'll see you on the range out there in Dallas. But anyways, appreciate you sitting in and appreciate all your help over the years and, and being such a good dude and good friend. And I'll look forward to catching up soon. Sounds good, Tony. Thanks for having me.